Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show. You're with Lyle and... Mon! Good and morning, Lyle. positively different radio in the morning. So positively different. What are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? I'm grateful for my chainsaw. Your chainsaw? Yes. Has this got something to do with the fact you were grateful for dead trees yesterday? Yes, it does. The two of them <laughs> go together because I cut up a massive dead tree after the breakfast show yesterday and I put a photo up on Facebook. Actually, it was the day before. It was the day before the day before? Yeah, because... You listen to the delayed broadcast. The delayed broadcast. Ah, yeah. So if you jump on Facebook and you look at what it's like, why is why is Lyle putting up a, a photo there of something from a couple of days ago? Uh-huh. And uh, that's because uh, you're listening to the delayed broadcast. But don't fear, you can listen to the live show. It's actually super duper easy. Yes. Where we talked all about it. Yeah, and there's two ways you can do it. Uh, You can, first of all, go to our website, which is faithfm.com.au, and just press play on the live stream, or you can download the TuneIn app, which is free to download, and you just search for Faith FM Australia and press play. Yeah, make sure you get the free version. Mm, Yeah. Don't get the one where they're like, do you want a 30-day trial or a two-month trial or whatever? It's like, no. Just, just give me the free then. Just, 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 just exit out of that, and the free one will just automatically work right there on your phone or your. And it works tablet. so well. It does work really yeah. well. I, I, I love using the TuneIn app. I used it all over the country uh, recently, and it just works perfectly. Perfect signal all over the place. Yeah, people are using that one all over the world. They just tune into Faith FM Australia and listen to the radio show wherever they are. So it's a great system we've got right there. But what are we going to talk about today? Apart from firewood. Today, well, we are going to be covering some really great news coming from the animal kingdom. Um, Ooh, a, a story about rhinos. Yeah, it's about rhinos. And if you know the difference between black and white rhinos, give us a call and tell and us. Dodos. And dodos. Uh, and dodos. We've got a uh, story about churches. It's a little bit sad, bittersweet. We, don't, we you know, still make up our yeah, mind yeah, about that yeah, one. Yeah, no, it's, it's a bit sad. Yeah, and a little, a little bit mysterious. Mm. And uh, we also have an interview with David Stoichik. Um We have a wonderful encounter with God. We know because we've already done it. <laughs> And um, and do you know what? Let me tell you what I'm grateful for today, Lyle. What are you grateful for? Flannel. Oh, I I, I did already know this. <laughs> you knew that. From I'm, yesterday. Do you listen? I am grateful for flannel because I just switched over to you my winter weird. bed sheets. You are a weird person. And flannel, is it just feels like you're sleeping in a hug. Flannel is just such a nice bed sheet to sleep in. But do Have you, know you never what? slept in silk? I haven't yet, actually. I have a full silk set, set but I've never used it yet. Uh, well, the time has you passed have now. Never, you it's have too never, cold now. You have never slept until you have slept in silk sheets. Well, uh, we keep waffling on about what we're grateful for, but we want to know what you're grateful for. So you can give us a call, even though this is a delayed show. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Tell us what you're grateful for and enjoy the show. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Sing my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Visions of rapture now burst at my side Submission, perfect delight. Angels descending, bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of Say 
You're listening to Anna Weatherup, Blessed Assurance, here on Faith FM. Monica. Yes. What do we have for the quiz today? Well, <clears throat> it is a Who Am I quiz. I picked a nice, easy one today. Okay. Good. It's about time we had an easy one. Yeah, yeah. For our listeners, you know, not for you, of course. But um, if you want to get your phones out, get them ready. Dial 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, and press dial as soon as you know the answer to this. Isaiah 40, verse 3. That's obscure. And Malachi 3, verse 1, prophesy That's of That's super me. obscure. Obscure. They prophesy of this person. Do you know who it is? Oh, a pretty fair idea, but it would be a guess at this stage. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's prophesied in Malachi. It's prophesied in Malachi and Isaiah. Isaiah 40, verse 3, and Malachi 3, verse 1, prophesy of this Bible character. If you think you know the answer, dial that number. And the fact that you said that it's an easy one, yeah, okay, that's enough clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets easier. Um, you can even text me 0491-064-669. You should just say those numbers in your phone by now. Say them on a Faith FM quiz. <laughs> yes. And um, Or you can uh, message me on Facebook. It's Faith FM Australia. Great. So what's your positively different story for today, Mon? Okay, Lyle. I know you keep accusing me of being a greenie, but I yes. just don't care. Greenie Mon. Greenie Mon. Here we go again. <laughs> Actually, this one does make oh, me... Oh, you should have been out in the bush with me yesterday while I was wreaking havoc with my chainsaw. It would have got your greenie... <laughs> Your greeny blood all No, I pumping. doubt it. I doubt it. I'm, all for, I'm all for using uh, wood from dead wood out of the bush to warm your home than, you know, electricity yeah. or gas or any other kind of fossil fuel. But, um, <laughs> okay, so this one actually makes me exceedingly happy because um, recently, I don't know whether or not you heard, but I think it was the last of the great white rhinos rhinos died yes which is very sad that that species is now extinct gone and uh which is sad because rhinos are just so darn cool they are most awesome creatures on the planet just about hilarious i was watching a documentary the other day and they're did you know when they say white rhino and they say black rhino that kind of thing Uh it's not because of the color the reason they say white rhino is because white in afrikaans actually means wide it's just pronounced white. What? And so their mouths are wider than that of a black rhino. So if you look at their mouths, I've never noticed it before, but they have this really long, like, barge, so wait, 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 wait. So white rhinos mouths. are not white. They're not called white rhinos because they're white. They're called white rhinos because their mouths are wide. Okay, but are they white? I've never. It, this is the thing. Every time I've said I'm white and black that. rhinos, I, I look at them and I'm like, they're not specifically that different in color. But anyway, this is not the story. This is the good news, right? So we just started with some sad news. Uh, great white rhinos are extinct. But get this, Lyle. For the first time in 50 years, black rhinos will be back roaming across their native plains once more. So 50 years ago, they were wiped out from their native landscape and they've sort of been in, a, in, in rehab ever since. Um, so there was an international collaboration between South Africa and Chad mm-hmm. and they got six critically endangered black rhinos, so two male and four female, and, uh, and they were sedated and they were flown from um, Port Elizabeth in South Africa to uh, Chad's Zakuma National Park. And uh, so this reintroduction of the black rhino to the wilds of Africa uh, of Chad has been called historic and an unprecedented conservational victory. Ah, oh, fantastic. That That's great? very good news. The black rhino is a home. So I'm looking at a picture of a white rhino. Look at his mouth. It's very wide. It has a massively wide mouth. I know. You never really think about it. I mean, look at the picture of my black rhino. Like, it's a bit foggy, but you can't really... Its mouth is not nearly as wide, eh? No, it's just sort of like... Yeah. Know. See, that, that one's got like a, like a, it's like a long, flat... It's, okay, so it's, not, it's definitely not black mm-hmm. to look at. Yeah. It's, it's kind of greyish as well. They're so. all kind of a bit grey in yeah, my Yeah, I'm just... Yeah. I, I've, I've never seen a white one, so... Yeah, so this explains yeah. mm-hmm. why they're called white and black rhinos, because white actually means white. It's just in another language. So, there you go. Yeah. A wide rhino. Yeah, and of course, it was due to poaching that, that black rhinos, they hadn't actually been in the wilderness, in the Chad wilderness, um, since the 1970s. Um, you know, but they made it a safe haven and, um, and, uh, and they took the time and, um, for the last seven years alone, uh, African parks have practically eliminated poaching, which is really great from that particular area that, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's called Zakuma. Um, where the black rhinos are from. And the last two years were spent specifically preparing the area for the reintroduction of the black rhinos. So they've been known it's coming, and today it's finally happened. It happened. Fantastic. <laughs> That's good news. I always news. like it when a species is brought back from the yeah. edge of distinct, edge of ist- 
extinction. Uh, yeah. And uh, into distinction. I really wish oh, that was a nice plan words. I like yeah, what you did there. Yeah, I really wish they could bring the dodos back. Dodos just to me seem so hilarious. <laughs> but they're like the poster animal for extinction, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Why is that? I do not know. Every kid knows what a dodo is, and they know that it's extinct. <laughs> I mean, if I they are the coolest bird ever. If you ask, if I asked you to name a bunch of animals that are extinct, like you'd be like, "There's a dodo and um and um a mower." <laughs> what a mower? What is that? Not a lawn mower, but a mower. <laughs> what is that? This is a big flightless bird in New Zealand. Oh, okay, right. That big, heavy, hunking thing, like, I think it's probably bigger than our emus. Oh, really? Yeah, they ate them all about 500 years ago. Oh, they ate them all? Uh-huh. I hope they were tasty for that. Okay, so speaking of eating, Lyle, mm-hmm. tom- I think t- tomorrow is my last day of the juice fast, or is it today? I can't remember, but... Are you continuing on, or yeah, are you going so to I, break I, it and have some food tomorrow? I'll have some food, and then I'll continue after that. What are you going to eat? Lettuce and porridge. I've this already, <laughs> and definitely something bready. Um, but I'm I'm so excited. So this one caught my eye because I'm kind of you know hungry for it. So get this right. They you now have a story have, about a story about porridge. No, but story about lettuce. Oh, lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> so they have. Hey, did you know that eating lettuce actually takes more energy than it gives you? No, that's celery. Really? Celery, celery, legit. It takes more energy to break down and digest celery than it gives you. So yeah, you can. I, I thought it was iceberg lettuce, which is I, I love no, iceberg. I, you know, I can sit down and I can eat a whole iceberg lettuce. Yeah, you and me both. And eat it. Yeah, 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 I love icebergs. My favourite. Shall I buy a, an iceberg lettuce and put it in the fridge, and it'll be there for you know sandwich making and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it'll be there a couple of times. She'll make a few sandwiches, and then one day she'll come home and there's like no lettuce. Like <laughs> where did the lettuce go? It's like well, you know, you went home and it was lunchtime, and I ate the lettuce. I ate the, the lettuce. <laughs> Do you know what's really good? Honey and lettuce sandwiches. It, Sandwiches. Yeah, sandwiches, honey and lettuce sandwiches. Well, I always used to, because we used to grow our own lettuces mm-hmm. and you get those dark green leaves that come off the bottom that you don't get when you buy them in the shop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You wash them mm-hmm. clean and you put a strip of honey down the middle of them and you roll them oh, up yes. so the honey goes from one end. It is so yeah. good. Yeah, and whenever I say that, people look at me like I'm a fruit. But mm. iceberg lettuce is actually quite sweet. It's very sweet in my oh, opinion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, let me tell you quickly. Mm-hmm. So they now have these things. that They're, they're, they're a cheap plant pod and they can grow more lettuce in a room than half an acre plot. So this is like a hydroponic kind of thing? Let or? me show you a picture. They look like tall cardboard boxes. Okay. And uh, and they're saying that this You're going to have to put that up on end. Facebook yeah, because this our hunger. listeners can't see that picture and I'm not quite sure how to build a word picture of it. I just imagine like a – it almost looks a bit like a, a, a milk carton but uh, a little bit – Wider, I would say, and made out of cardboard. And it grows a whole lettuce in it. Yeah, well, they're so that so they're built with a hydroponics-based system, which is revolves around soilless gardening. And um, so this means the owners actually only need to water the pods every few weeks, um, which is good for someone like me. Really? Yeah. So, but, but but planting lettuce in the ground requires roughly twenty-five gallons of water to grow, and the pods, on the other hand, only require sixteen ounces, which is very small amount. And um, and while hydroponics equipment can cost like thousands of dollars, uh, these pods have been de- designed so they cost less than the price of a large pizza. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, which would be like, you know, under 20 bucks really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they're hoping this is going to provide some sort of uh, food security, you know, especially for countries where, you know, we have impoverished areas. And, um, you know, and there's no pumps, there's no electricity required, there's very little plastic. And, uh, and every aspect of the system is sustainable. So, um I'm really excited about it. Um, the pods are built using cardboard liners or a coconut, it's called a quad disc. Mm-hmm. So the seeds are planted in reusable netted cups to hold the plant and a nutrient solution um, nourishes the greenery. And I'm so excited because I love lettuce. And I always wonder, even if I ever had a garden, I probably could never grow enough lettuce to satisfy me. But if I can grow more lettuce than a half acre plot, I reckon I'd be pretty set. So how much space do you need to grow more lettuce than a half acre plot? Uh, I don't know, actually. I'm just say. thinking of the size of your backyard. It's not that big. I think I might be growing these inside. Well, no. no. You won't grow more lettuce than a half-acre plot inside because I know how many lettuce you can grow in a half-acre plot. How many lettuce is that? A lot. 
<laughs> See, I know this. I know it's a lot. Maybe they stacked them or something, but these look cute. And yeah. they're so pretty. You could actually have these as decor in your house. But I have a pretty big patio. I could like line them all up. Why I don't not? know. Let's absolutely. give it a try. Yeah, How much lettuce can you grow? Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. And uh, we're going to have a song break. This is Sailor. His eye is on the sparrow. And we'll be back right after that with Lyle's story. What's that about? Churches in Tasmania. Churches in Tasmania. Listening to Sila, his eyes on the sparrow here on Faith FM. So, Mon, yes. have you ever wanted to buy a church? Yes. Why would you like to buy a church? So I could do it up. <laughs> and what would you do would do with it once you did it up? Um, have a church in it. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't live in it. No. It's kind of popular to buy a church these days and do it up as a house. and Make so them into forth. restaurants. Yeah, make them into restaurants, little shops or no, uh, anything know. like that. No, you just want to do it up and uh, have it as a place of worship. Yeah, because so many churches just look so ram, just like ramshackle and run down. It's always sad when you see a church, you drive past a church and it's run down and it's you sort of look at it sitting in the middle of a paddock all by itself and you think, you know, once, once upon a time there was a thriving community of faith right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and you sort of wonder, is there now? And if there is, how much longer will it last for? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this story comes out of uh, Tasmania, which of course is the promised land. But unfortunately, this is a bit of a bit of a sad story. The Anglican Church of Tasmania um, is putting up one hundred and eight of its properties for sale. One hundred and eight. Yes. So there's a preliminary list of seventy eight properties, including fifty five churches that it plans to sell, and the purpose of this is to raise. Um, $8.6 million for redress for survivors of child sex abuse. Oh, whoa. Yes, that's a really serious uh, situation that they're facing right there, right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's faced by many churches uh, because no churches, you know, while the, the one that we hear about all the time is the Catholic Church because that's where the, the vast majority of it takes place, mm-hmm. um, no churches are immune from it. And all churches are having to face the issue of raise, raising significant money to be able to deal with the victims of child sex abuse. Mm-hmm. And so the Anglican Church in Tasmania is uh, selling off their real estate. Do you think it's a, like, I mean, it's sad, but do you think it's like, you know, good on them for doing something to deal with it? Okay, so there's two sides to this story. Yes, um, <coughs> I agree that it's it's... It's, it's a good thing that they are addressing the problem mm-hmm. and they are biting the bullet and they are making the hard decisions. But there's a flip side to this story. Hey, hang and on. this is sort of what I'm sort of um, – I'm looking at this story and thinking, okay, there's more to this than meets the eye. Yeah, are these like active churches? Are there congregations in these churches? And this is my question. Obviously that there are congregations and probably small congregations in um, all, if not – if not all, most of these churches. Mm-hmm. However – whether they are viable congregations or not is another question. And so um, they've, they've uh, selected the churches based on their future viability, including the number of people attending the church, the finances coming in, and the kinds of ministries that they have. So that's what makes a church viable? Yes, a- a- according to the uh, Anglican Church. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the thing that sort of raises a few question marks in my mind is that only a quarter of the funds raised through the sale of these properties are actually going to be put aside for the redress of childless sex abuse victims. What's the rest of it going to? Good question. I'd like to know that. Oh, they haven't said. And so it almost seems to me like, okay, this is we need to raise this money, praise God, mm-hmm. um, that they're doing that and they're yep. Addressing, yep. addressing this issue. So we need to raise this money so we're going to sell off churches, but we have a lot of churches that are simply not viable and they're costing us more to run than what they are um, actually bringing in. And so we need to downsize and they're using it as an opportunity to be able to sell off a lot of churches and uh, you know, get rid of a whole lot of dead wood, so to speak. And it, to me, it's just very, very sad. It, it is really sad. It, it, tells, it tells a story about the state of Christianity and also the state of the Anglican Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Anglican Church used to be a powerhouse of the gospel in the world. Mm. And it hasn't been that for decades. I mean, and if you'd like to disagree with me, please do so. Um, you know what our number is. But... It has lost its evangelical uh, thrust. It has lost its um, insistence on the Word of God and the Bible alone as its rule of faith and practice. Mm-hmm. It's lost its way as far as uh, believing in salvation by grace alone goes. It has, you know, it's been decades and decades and decades since it was a Protestant church offering any protest. Mm-hmm. And so it's lost its relevancy. And so it's lost you know, any church that loses its relevancy. And this is a warning right here mm. to any Christian church out there, ours included, is the moment that you lose your relevancy, your purpose to exist, and the moment you forget why you are actually here and your calling as a church, mm. then that's the beginning of the end. It's a, it's a downhill road from there. And we have seen this in the Anglican church. You, you drive around and how many Anglican churches do you see that are already being sold off and turned into homes and houses and shops and, you know, all of these kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, it, it's not because there is a decline in spirituality in Australia. Spirituality in Australia is, is alive and strong. Mm-hmm. It's a decline in relevancy of these particular churches and congregations and communities they've they've just simply failed to maintain it they've they've lost their their uh they've lost their protest mm-hmm. 
That's very interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, I'm a little bit saddened, you know, to hear them say that they didn't find the church viable anymore because it stopped bringing in money. And, you know, which to me, I understand that that is a measure of, you know, some sort of success because, you know, people should be paying tithe, but it also makes it me sad that that's how we're being be returning measured. returning tithe. Yeah, sorry, returning tithe, my bad. And um, But, yeah, it, it sort of makes me sad to hear it sort of calculated like that. But, you know, I have I have a friend back in my home state. Um, I remember years ago we had this chat and it had such a profound effect on me and I still remember it. I remember he said to me, we need to close all the little churches, just close them all down, sell the land, use the money for evangelism and then what we and I was like well where are the people supposed to go and he was like easy you just pull them all into one large church sort of like sort of in a, in a central location so sure some people might have to travel a bit further to get to church but they create like I don't want to say the word super church but they create like a bigger vibrant mm. body all the money from the properties is then used to fund evangelism and outreach and then we shut down all the little churches and I I still struggle with the idea of it I'm still the reason I've remembered it is because I still don't know what I think about that. Yeah, I don't. There, there's there's definitely some pros and cons to that yeah. concept. Yeah, that it sort of goes two different ways, and these are things that we should explore because we are definitely li- living in a in a more mobile environment, mm-hmm. even even in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, growing up in Tasmania, whole island mentality. You don't ever travel very far. Yeah, you know, they're not like. Um, you know, us here on the mainland who, you know, will commute an hour and a half to work without even blinking about it. You know, you travel that far in Tasmania and you take a pack lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a different mindset down there. And so you, you are dealing with a different culture. But at the same time, we are more mobile mm. and a bigger church does offer uh, more services. To offer all of the services for a, com- a complete thriving community, you need to have between 60 to 80 uh, attendees and a lot of the, a lot of these small churches don't have that. They will never have that ever, and it's a matter of time until they just die out as a result of that. Because people with families are always going to go to those churches where their families can be catered for. Yeah, there's vibrancy and life happening, and, and there's programs for their children. I have another question for you. So. Do you think, because I get really sad when I see rundown churches um, of any denomination, do you think a rundown church is an indication of where the church members are at spiritually? Because I, I remember speaking to a traveling pastor and he had a bit of a, a content, bone of contention about this. He's, he said, you know, we, we should be upholding our churches as a physical you know, building as well, and mm. um, as you know, a body of believers, and we should be putting money into it. Putting it, our churches should be the most beautiful buildings in our community. And he said, you know, look for example, the Mormons. The Mormons have them. He said, everywhere I go, Mormons take care of their churches. Their churches are beautiful. The gardens are kept. That you know, the buildings are you know not in disrepair. But almost every other religion. Churches are falling apart at the seams, like in a physical sense. Do you think that reflects people's? I think it does absolutely. Yeah, uh, we should take pride in our in our buildings, and uh, these are you know th- th- this is where we go to worship God. Mm, exactly. You know, it's as simple as that. But you look at you look at recent statements like this one um, coming out of the Anglican Church, where that you know we do not consider the practice of asking Mary and the saints to pray for us as communion dividing with the Roman Catholic Church. We believe that there is no continual theological reason for ecclesial division on these matters. With a statement like that, mm-hmm. how is it possible that a church can maintain its relevancy? Mm. You know, it's just like they had, they were relevant because they broke away from Rome as an evangelical church. You know, you look at the Oxford martyrs of, you know, Latimer, Ridley and Cramner who gave their lives because they believed in the Bible alone and salvation by grace alone, and all of that has been reversed. It completely lost its relevancy and, and, and it's dying off. 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you have an opinion, give us a call. We can chat about it. But we are now going to have um, a song, and then we'll be back with uh, David Stoyjik doing our guest interview, which will be in two parts, and we'll be back with our Encountering God right after the 8 o'clock news. See you then. Told you how to love me 
Good morning and welcome back to The Breakfast Show. It's fantastic having you here with us. You've got Adele in the studio with you at the moment and joining me is Pastor David Stoichuch. Great to be here. Wonderful Adele. to have you here again, David. Wonderful <laughs> to be with you and our listeners too. Hmm. So last time you were in, we spoke about the emotion of anger and the fact that low self-worth could be a cause of anger or one of the causes. That's correct, uh, Adele. As we've said last time, if any of our listeners was listening to what you were saying a few weeks ago, anger is one of the most common of all human emotions. Mm. And and, in accord, and according to a Christian psychologist, uh, and actually he's a pastor as well, uh, Pastor Chip, Chip Ingram, uh, people get, get angry for three main reasons, uh, which I believe is really worth remembering. Mm. Uh, we get an- angry because uh, we, we are hurting because of unmet needs. And that's uh, the first thing. Mm. Um, we, we, we get angry because we are frustrated from unmet expectations. Mm. And then, as you mentioned uh, just uh, in your introduction, that people can also become more sensitive and more prone to anger uh, if they feel insecure, which is directly related to to their, their uh, low self-worth uh, and low self-esteem. It's really interesting to think of that there are reasons for anger or the underlying causes for anger exist like that. Absolutely, yes. And I think it can make us think more about anger in a different way and perhaps be prepared for it too so we can manage it better, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. uh, We can learn how to to manage anger Mm. and, uh, and anger management courses these days are popular as people can learn how to hold uh, back the anger. And I would like to emphasize this, hold back as as opposed to repressing your anger. Because mm. if you're repressing or suppressing your anger... You're not actually like, dealing with it. You're not dealing mm. with that. But holding back, you're giving yourself a bit of a chance to reflect on it mm. and, and deal with it in a, in a lot better uh, a rational way. If I may just say this, and uh, this is an area of my passion, mm. uh, I believe in behavioral science. I think there is some excellent behavioral science where people have observed, uh, you know, behavior of people and why people act in a certain mm. way. And you know, it, it's it's kind of evidence based. Uh, but I also uh, very much, being who I am, uh, believe in a very holistic approach to de- dealing with. <coughs> excuse me. Mm with anger, which is part of our emotional health. Mm. And if we actually have that spiritual dimension in that, uh, I believe we have even greater chance of dealing with anger and our emotions in a better way because we have that dimension. Well, I think they're very complementary things, really, when you think about it. And I think as a a counsellor and a pastor, you must have met a lot of people who have been hurting because of unmet needs or perceived injustices or whatever else that's happened to them. And I think probably many people are filled with anger. So do you have any tips that you can share with us about anger management? Well, you know, Adele, talking about people who have experienced uh, (laughs) frustrations (laughs) and injustices, I don't think that any of us is really not in that category we mm. all have. But there are tips there that can help us and can help anybody, you know, uh, who is, who is um, struggling with this emotion of anger. Mm. And so, so here are, here are a few, here are a few um, anger management tips. Uh, number one, and this is probably where it all starts, we need to acknowledge anger. Uh, most of the time, angry people are conscious of their anger. They know that something is really, as, as Chip Ingram said, mm. anger is that, that red light on the, on the dashboard of our mm. car showing that something is wrong under the hood. Yep. And so when anger, whether we label it or, or not as anger, when, we, when anger is bubbling up in, 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 within ourselves, uh, we, we, we actually know that something is wrong, something is out of kilter, something has to be dealt with. Uh, so some people are conscious of that. Um, maybe not in terms uh, I'm getting angry now kind mm. of quote unquote but some people don't even recognize or acknowledge anger mm. and when they are get and when they uh, basically they get angry instead of acknowledging it for what it is uh, they use kind of interesting phrase they say I'm hurting I'm being hurt mm. uh, which is very very interesting uh, because by actually not labeling that, by, by not acknowledging that, they're not giving themselves a chance to actually deal with that. So mm. acknowledging anger uh, is, is, is very, very important for us. That's the starting point. Mm. Uh, we need to recognize it for what it is, and we need to admit 
that we are angry. I guess by doing this, we actually accept that anger is a natural emotion and it's one of our own human limitations. That's correct. Uh, very much so. We are, we are acknowledging that. And by doing so, we are in a way somewhat distancing ourselves from that emotion. Mm. Anger is not us, you know, if you know what I mean. Mm. Anger is something that is uh, We're happening. Experiencing, experiencing, but not. But anger is not us. Who we are. That's mm. right. No, anger is not who we are. Mm. And so giving ourselves, by distancing ourselves, we are giving ourselves a chance to transition to the next step in this anger management, which is known as controlling our thoughts. Mm. So what can you share with us about controlling our thoughts? <laughs> well, uh, One's thought life is the key ingredient in behavioral and emotional control. And therefore, thoughts, and, and this is very, very interesting, mm. thoughts prior or before and uh, uh, during times of anger are important. Uh, a Christian psychologist, Mark Cosgrove, says that a stressful, and I quote here, he says, a stressful environment is not the first step to anger. Mm. Even though we would think, you know, mm. that something happens and, and we it's get a reaction and yeah. But it says but a person's thoughts prior to anger affect the the degree to which stressful situation um, arose anger. Mm. And so so for instance, a man say a man is at his work, or mm. it could be a woman, but anyway, a person is at their work and they get this fantastic news that you know, they're doing well at work, they're getting a promotion mm. and you know, they're on cloud Nine, mm. seven, whichever yeah. one. Yeah. Well, they are they are so happy. Yeah, and and they're traveling home, and there is this five o'clock traffic jam. Guess what? Because their mind really is care. filled filled with with good things. Mm. I mean. They're okay. They're not, they're not frustrated. They're not honking the horn and shouting at people and telling them to go faster. Exactly. Mm. So our thoughts prior or during uh, you know, what's happening are very, mm. very important. And, and so my, uh, Mark Crossgrove, this Christian psychologist, said that problems of anger, uh, being a, 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 a anger begin as seed uh, thoughts of self-pity discouragement, jealousy, or some other negative thoughts. Hmm. So we have to really watch throughout the day what is happening in our life because something can trigger, something that usually wouldn't trigger our anger response hmm. will be very much conditioned by what actually has happened prior. So wow. we, you know, we really need to, to reflect on the mindset we have and, may I say, by God's grace hmm. and with His power, control our thoughts. Actually, it brings to mind some passages from Scripture when we're talking about controlling our thoughts. And one in particular would be Proverbs 4, 23 to 27, which says, keep in your heart or your mind, uh, keep your heart or mind with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far behind you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot away from evil. It's that's, interesting, isn't that's it? A like great passage. Yeah, but I think too, you know, in the New Testament, it says whatever things are pure and lovely, ah, and you know, think ah, on these things too. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But you see, this mm. is the, this is where I like how this this most important intelligence, as you said, spiritual intelligence, mm. spiritual awareness, is blending with, with, with other aspects of our mm. life, with our thought life, and, and and there is this constant call uh, from uh, by God mm. in the Scripture for us to, to ponder, to reflect, mm. uh, to keep our heart, our core, you know, uh, self. With, with uh, our mind, with all vigilance, mm. uh, and because from our thought life spring our emotions, mm. from our emotions uh, our come behaviors. our behaviors and actions. So, yeah. so you mentioned this text in Philippians mm. four six to seven, which is basically having this kind of mindset. Mm. Uh, it says uh, in Philippians four six to seven, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And you know, the result is not anger, but the peace. Mm. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So as you were saying just before that, it is that, you know, thoughts lead to emotions, which lead to behaviors. That's correct. Well, I think we're going to have to unpack this a little bit more after we listen to this track. You're here on Faith FM, and you're with Adele and Pastor David Stoichich. It's great having you here this morning. We have much more coming up just after this. 
Sarah, take me by my arm. Tomorrow we are keen and bound. Where westward sails the golden sun, and Hebron's hills are amber crowned. So bid your troubled heart be still. They say is soft and green. The trees are tall and honey filled. So Sarah, come and walk with me. Like the stars across the heavens flung, like water in the desert sprung, like the grains of sand. You're listening to Faith FM with The Breakfast Show and you're here with Adele and Pastor David Stoichich. And we've just been looking at the issue of anger. And just before we listen to that track, we were talking about how our thoughts become our emotions, which then become our behaviours. And I guess, you know, in reflecting about anger, it's good to understand the reasons for our anger. And so if we understand what makes us angry, hopefully we'll have a good chance of addressing the cause of it. That's correct, and that's really uh, the next step in anger management. We need to discern the cause of anger. Um, It's interesting, Adele, uh, that in the scripture, and I think we might have mentioned this a few times before in in one of our conversations, Mm. that this emotion of anger appears very early in the Bible, uh, very soon after they they, they, they kind of uh, humanity descended into sin Mm. and... and, and, um, uh, sin entered into 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 human nature. Uh, we have this situation, uh, and actually, you know, where, where where God is asking Cain, who is displaying this emotion of anger, mm. because I suppose of frustration, mm. you know, and God is asking him, "Why are you angry?" Mm. And and maybe we can we can just look in Genesis uh, chapter four verses three to seven. This is uh, this is the first place in the Bible where anger is actually mentioned as an emotion. Mm. And it's on display as well, you know, it's interesting. So if we're having a look at Genesis 4, 3 to 7, it says, In the course of time Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. 
Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Thank you, Adele, for mm. reading that. So, so, so really, from there comes this incredible insight in behavioral science, mm. where we actually, in our anger management, not only we need, uh, we need to acknowledge and control our thoughts, we actually need to ask ourselves a question, why are you angry? What is, what is my anger dr- uh, driven by? Mm. Is it by fear? Is it by insecurity? Uh, do I have all the facts, uh, you know, here that that, you know, that 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 are causing me to to, to get angry and so on and so on? Mm. I think it's interesting too how God's not only you know asking for the why, but challenging Cain as well to say you must rule over your emotions. That's right. You know, so don't you're not allowed to not experience them, <laughs> but you know you've got control. To be in control. And so I think in that respect, asking ourselves if we have all the facts is really important because sometimes we don't have the full picture and we can have, you know, well, we can either think irrationally or respond irrationally as a result of it. That's correct. And then for this reason, uh, the Bible and also the, the behavioral science um, acknowledges this this uh, need to deal with the irrational or challenging these irrational mm. thoughts or beliefs. Uh, that's why we need to ask ourselves some questions. Are my thoughts rational? Uh, maybe I, I have some sort of a cognitive distortion. Hmm. May, maybe, maybe if somebody does nine things well and one they, they, do, they, they don't do very well, mm. you know, uh, we get angry uh, and, and it, that, that basically reflects this cognitive distortion of all or nothing mm. kind of thinking mm. or, or, or you know are we uh, reasoning emotionally you know it's it's uh, it's you know I'm I'm not good at playing piano but we, we kind of extrapolate further and say I'm good for nothing mm. <laughs> yeah know? yeah instead yeah, of just going well yeah. this is one area I don't succeed in and that's okay that's right mm. uh, you know are we discounting the positives mm. you know in our life you know there are many things in our life that are good mm. but then we discount those positives uh, and, and and nothing is good and any longer so <laughs> life is not yeah. worthwhile living and we get upset about it's, it it's really interesting just sort of hijacking you briefly there to sort of look at that because I think discounting the positives is really easy for people to do once they get into a negative mindset and then that just feeds anger Adele, I'm so glad that you actually um, uh, that you hide like this. <laughs> you know, I really am because because one thing, you know, and maybe some of our listeners uh, find themselves at the moment in a mm. situation of depression and anxiety, uh, where they're thinking they they don't. Sometimes we don't realize as we go mm. through this. I mean, when I was going through my uh, bout of depression or whatever mm. in my, and I think most of us have. Uh, you know, you're you look, lucky if you haven't. <laughs> you, you look you look back and you think, hey. I over overreacted on this, and I reacted. Mm. On that. So, so our, our thinking can be can be very very skewed mm. and, 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 and and irrational. We can discount the positives. Mm. So we actually teach people in our depression and anxiety recovery mm. program to actually list down five or ten things that they're grateful for. And you know, mm. when we pose this to them, they sometimes, "What am I grateful for? Look at my life." Yeah, and then it's we, like, "Well, they, think they, about it." But then we start mm. thinking about things, you know, mm. I can breathe. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm perhaps, you know, I have a roof above, above my, my head. Mm. I have food to eat. Mm. I live in a free country. Mm. Uh, look, we, we, can, we can find so many reasons, but gratitude yeah. is that challenges those, you know, discounting Negatives. the positives. Yeah. Uh, so we teach mm. people gratitude. Yeah, and I guess, you know, cultivating that attitude of gratitude in your life, you know, that yeah. saying, but it sounds really twee, but I think when you actually start doing it, it can help with this. And it truly can. Yeah. So I guess, too, that feeds into self-talk. Yes. Very, very much so. You know, uh, we, we um, as we mentioned that um, before, we really need to, to listen to what we are saying to ourselves, mm. uh, because if we have a rational way of thinking, mm. it is most likely uh, a result of our negative self-talk, mm. uh, irrational way of s- our silent talk to ourselves, mm. and and uh, and it's kind of a vicious cir- a, a cycle. Yeah, it feeds itself. Cir- it feeds yeah. itself. So so really, mm. really self-talk. We need to. And, and actually, we've said that before about eighty percent of our self-talk 
can be very negative. And mm. so we can now, in view of what you said before, mm. if prior to some event that triggers anger, our, our thinking was already negative, then it's so much easier to be- mm. become angry. So the irrational part of it is real and the problem is real. And people being difficult to us is, you know, <laughs> there's challenges there and there's not much irrational in our thinking. So what do we do when we're actually facing situations that aren't irrational or, you know, <laughs> provoke a response that's, you know. <laughs> they're, they're real. Mm. Or, or we perceive them as real. Mm. And somebody is somebody's really being uh, harsh and difficult mm. on us and so on and so on. And... Um, I believe there, there's a question. I mean, I remember this situation. This is part of actually this uh, process of anger management. Mm. People are asked to reflect on this. Is this battle worth fighting? Mm. Uh, you know, so that's very, very, very important. Uh, are we going to achieve anything by engaging in this battle? Mm. Uh, shall we allow this to bother, uh, to, to bother me mm. or bother us? Uh, the Bible tells us, not just behavioral science, that, that there is time and season you know, for things. The wise man, uh, King Solomon, in, in his Ecclesiastes, uh, says there is time and season for all things. Hmm. Uh, very interesting reading in, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. Uh, he says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Hmm. And then he says, you know, you know time to, 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 to be born, time to die, time to plant, time to pluck what is planted. Uh, time to mourn, time to dance, time to love and time to hate, mm. you know, time for war yeah. and time for peace. So there is I time. like the two hats says there's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Ah, <laughs> wisdom requires that. That's very, very true. Mm. So I think that's a really, really good reminder there from Ecclesiastes 3. And there's another scripture that comes to mind, which is, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others so ecclesiastes 7 21 and 22 there and it's true. a good reminder that you know we say stuff and a lot of times it doesn't even matter and other, right. other people will say stuff and it probably won't matter so we shouldn't get too bothered that's so. that's uh, that requires mm. wisdom and insight as well it does so do you have any final thoughts you can share with us well, david just, just as we wrap cu- up a couple of final thoughts you know mm. in this process of, of of managing anger with all of these things that we have mentioned all the way from acknowledging to knowing which battles to pick mm. and so on and so on uh to, to monitoring our self-talk, uh, you know, uh, having all the facts and so on and so on. Um, I think it's important because we are social, we are relational beings. We need to understand, we need to see what our, our goals for relationship. Mm. God is teaching us to have a forgiving mindset. Mm. And, and, and so, so forgiveness is a big part of that. Mm. And, and also learning how to let go. God is in control. We do not need to win every battle. No, and sometimes true. our biggest losses are sometimes our biggest victories later on down mm. the road. So that's, mm. that's important to keep in mind. It's uh, a good reminder. Uh, forgiving mindset and actually understanding that God is in control. Mm. And I think too that God will always, you know, provide forgiveness as well and, and give us the ability to model. forgive too. Is our mm. model. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, David. It was wonderful having you here as always. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, stick around because we've got so much more coming up just after this track. You're listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Little sparrows.
if what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>